what we do here is go back, 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 back. Pittsburgh, shit the bed against the Bengals. I lost. Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Michael McDonald. With me, as always, is Andy McDonald. And joining us, back at it again, again. Mel Dreamy. Jumping on with us for the recap. Mel Dreamy, we'll shoot to you first. How are things? Things are great. I'm happy to be back on the pod and uh, happy to be 3-0. and Right. Well, I'm doing great. And Dan, it's nice to have you. This is my flu game. This is my Michael Jordan flu game right now. Not to say I'm Michael Jordan, sorry, but <laughs> I'm not 100%, but thanks for being flexible with me, guys, as always. So we're just going to chat. We're just going to talk about the game. You know, we talked before. We will be looking to get a preview of the uh, LA Chargers game that we have coming up actually with someone through the Pigskin Podcast Network, who we are um, supported by. So that'll be fun, and we'll get that out to you guys. So we'll just uh, just talk the recap, just talk the uh, – you know, the big win, as Dan mentioned, we're 3-0. So let's let's go to you, Daniel. Well, sorry, Micah, how are you? I'm doing all right. Not too bad, you know. Happy we got another Victory Monday going on. We're going to – let's let's try to ride as many of those out as possible. Yeah. Um, that would be great. Victory Tuesday next week, maybe. We'll see. We'll see it what is. happens. But I'm doing good, you know, excited. Raiders haven't started 3-0 since 2002 mm-hmm. uh, when they went to the Super Bowl. So a lot of good things to get excited about. A lot of good things. We don't have to talk about the results of the Super Bowl. We'll just talk about that. That was yeah, last time. Yeah. yeah, pick and choose the stats that work for us. So. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so week three, Dolphins. Um, Raiders are victorious 31 to 28. Um, Mr. Meldrum, what are your thoughts and feelings? Thoughts and feelings. Um, did not like our start. When it was 14 to nothing, I was crying about this is that trap game that I was worried about. Blah, blah, blah. I had those thoughts in my head. But as soon as we made it 14 to 2, and I knew that we were moving the ball, you know, the pick six was one of their scores, and we were moving the ball before then. I felt like, okay, we get the ball back after this safety, we go down and score. It'll be 14 to 9. We're in this thing, no problem. We went down and only got a field goal, made it 14 to 5, but I still felt like, okay, we're good. And the Raiders proved that they were good because they uh, came back and what was the score at halftime? 14 to 12. We took the lead in the third quarter. Sum it up. Uh, we went conservative in the fourth and allowed them to tie us up. Of course, uh, Carlson's kick was a big attribute to that. Just some undisciplined penalties got us. You know, Max Crosby. I just, every time we had a play that we said, all right, we make this play, game is over. We did not convert, they did. And so uh, it was frustrating. There was a lot of pacing towards the end. And then finally we won, and I was shaking my head like, I hated this game, but if we could still win in an ugly game, that's a good sign. So those were my thoughts on this game. It's funny that I asked the question, or we do it, where as if we aren't going to say kind of the same thing in a different way. So I don't know if it's because I was on the brink of being um, sick like I am right now, but I was in the weirdest mood where I was telling, I was just walking around my house telling Allie and, 
and Avery, our child, that it's we're fine. We are fine. And and now they're like, hey, this isn't normal out of you. And I, I'm using that as optimist. But I went through the emotions, too. I was I was actually excited that we went down 14-0 like that because kind of like what you're saying, it really wasn't 14-0. You know, it's like we were controlling, you know, the ball. The the pick six was was Moreau, who Carr has yelled at him in the past when there's zone coverage and he doesn't sit. Okay, so they were playing zone coverage and he did sit and Carr threw the, you know, he threw the pick six. That's Carr's fault. And so without knowing or validating, I told Allie, Carr knows that that's his fault. <laughs> and I'm like, no, he does. But it was like those things, right? And But how quickly it can go from a backup quarterback you guys are coming home off a big win to you're down 14. Oh, now let's go. I, I, I wasn't happy if we got blown out, but I think this is the challenge that we needed in the trap game way. So I saw that I saw that we, I mean, you know, as ugly as it was or 14, 12 at halftime, we were dominating that game, man. Like we really were dominating on both sides. I felt like, I felt like we had better players. We had a better scheme and it really came down to the little things that made up the 14 to 12 deficit. So we're 14 in the beginning. So that's how I, I saw it. I, I thought our, our defense did a really good job of staying consistent with the pass rush. I felt like it's that weird, you know, the, how, how Gus Bradley does is you're just not going to get beat us over the top unless we're, unless we send the house or there's an assignment error, you know? So everything, so take your licks, but Brissett had like 20 completions for like 142 yards or something. It was something insane. I could probably check the numbers here, but anyways, it was like, weird to saying, take it, man, but you're not going to beat us big time. You know, it's like, we're going to take advantage of the fact you don't have all the reps and you can't get into your rhythm and we're not going to get outside of ours. So um, our running game looked bad in the beginning. Our running game looked like a lot of what the first two weeks were and we made adjustments. I saw this, uh, I think it's on Twitter, but they showed it. Do you remember the second play of the game we were on offense and Carr just throws, he throws the back shoulder rugs and rugs. Connor was running that wheel route up the sideline and it was just here like you guys missed each other there's a miscommunication so they go and at halftime correct it and Carr was saying hey when you run that wheel route if you got the guy over the top of you I'm gonna throw it to your back shoulder you know like he did to Moreau in Pittsburgh those kind of things and they did that in overtime so he that's when he hit rugs and he had the toe tap toe, toe drag swag um, on the sideline so I it was I, I feel like trying to watch it's, it's optimistic because we're good, but I, you're able to watch and see, can they make those in-game changes that we've always been worried about? And it's been about Gruden's stubbornness and hit Carr's control over the offense. So a lot of good things that that I saw, but those are some specific things. We always, we kept fighting, though. We kept fighting. Our crowd got into it. Our crowd won us a couple different plays in that. And so it all added up to what was just true Raider football of, like, how are we here? You know, the bomb where Mullen – you know, in the fourth quarter, Mullen t- tackled them. Morig picked it, but didn't pick it. And they collided. I was just like, this is so classic. This <laughs> is just, we're going to injure two of our corners or, you know, top guys in the secondary and let them come back. And they didn't. And they scored a touchdown and the two point, but we fought, we won. We're here. I'll stop talking now, but those are my thoughts. Yeah. I mean, good heavens. It Going down 14, nothing really quick was, was rough. Cause all, all I thought about, like you had mentioned, Dan was like this fucking trap game. This is it. We talked about it. This is happening. But as you guys mentioned, it seemed like we were doing well, kind of controlling the clock, had just some some mishaps. I mean, their other touchdown was off. You know, they broke a hole up the middle and the running back, you know, put one in the end zone. But they had showed it during the game that I think after 
I think after we got the ball back for our possession after that second touchdown, the time of possession we had it was like double on our end to theirs. So it was like you could tell that we were running our game plan. We were kind of just not really getting getting in a rhythm, not getting things going. But going back and putting up, I think, 19 unanswered points, you know, just really showed that they kind of just they got their groove. The defense was doing what they do and they're bending, not breaking. And I think that as much as I would love to have seen them just go out there, route them, blow them out and, you know, like make it a statement game like that. I think this was this still was had some statement to it in regards of like you got down early and then you battled and you kept going. And one of the more frustrating things that we have talked about so many times is Gruden getting like conservative and complacent towards the end of the games, man. And it was just like, this is going to bite us in the ass. And there were so many things. What's funny is I was watching the game and I'm talking to Bonnie and I'm telling her, all right, well, if we just do this and this happens, then we'll win the game. And so many times I said that to her and it got into overtime. And I said that one more time. I was like, we score a touchdown here. The game's over. And she's like, yeah, I mean, there's been so many things that you've told me if this happens, you guys are going to win. And then it just hasn't happened yet. And I'm like, I know it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I was like, but I'm trying to have hope here. That's marriage, so, by the way. Yeah. Just, just some advice. And she, she, I was like, you seem so unenthused. She's like, well, you just keep saying if these things happen. And I'm like, I know yeah. that's the life of, of Raider football, but we'll see here. Sorry to cut you off, but on top of, on that tone is I was like so optimistic and positive that when we burned all of our timeouts by the third quarter, Allie like looks at me and she's like, Oh, and I was like, oh. and that's when I just turned, I turned a little bit. So for about a quarter in the third quarter, I was pretty, pretty negative. Continue. I thought it was going to be such a Raiders thing to do where they, they called a timeout and then they were questioning whether John Gruden was going to challenge it or not. And I was like, if he challenges us and lose it, we just all lose our last timeout. <laughs> it was just like it was going to just the last two timeouts were going to get burnt just instantly like that. It was the fact that if we just challenged it and we lost, we just lose a timeout. Yeah. <laughs> so no, let's challenge it and think about it. Yeah, it was call one and then think about there it. There was a few things Gruden did this game that made me scratch my head. Like going forward on fourth and one from the 40-yard line, which gave them great field position and it's like, Man, Green, you can't put our defense in that situation right in the first quarter. They got that's why it was 14 to nothing. They got such good field position. You punt yeah. there, maybe they get out. There's that play there, like just challenge, don't waste the time. What are you doing with that red flag? Throw that thing if you want. Or it's out. first and goal, which it was. Yeah. On the one. And uh, and then the conservative play calling at the end where everyone knows you're running, and I'm just <laughs> can we just run one of those? where Drake just leaks out of the backfield and treat it like a run. But, you know, now forcing them to widen out a little bit. You know, I support Gruden. I'm glad he's our coach. But sometimes yeah. it's like, what are you doing, man? And that that's a predictability that we've talked about before. Because it's like everyone, everyone and their mom knows that you're going to run the ball right now. Everyone and their mom knows that you get conservative towards the end of the game. They might as well just run engage eight the whole time. I mean, right essentially you know run what the ravens ran when we got the little toss over the top to to zay jones but it's like come on dude like (laughs) here we go here we go again yeah and that that's what that's what's frustrating is like why did we win the last two games it's because we you know we did all these things and then they were just forcing it early you know like pick six and dan like you're saying you know fourth and one on the 40 man you're giving them all the opportunity to have the momentum so 
it was those things. And, but they, they think they fought back to get into a lot of the same disciplines and tendencies that we've been successful with. So something that stood out to me was Barber, Peyton Barber outtouched Drake, just rushes wise, um, 23 to eight. And so, you know, that's, but that's something I'm, I don't know if I want to say I'm proud of Gruden. Maybe he just likes Peyton Barber because he's a veteran, but <laughs> it's like Drake, it just wasn't working, you know? And, and I think we got to figure out Drake's a better zone stretch runner than, you know, than he is, you know, downhill one cut. And I think at times out of the shotgun or whatever it is, it just doesn't fit his style. So I think Barber was able to just fit it better. And then he just kind of ran the hot hand. So that, that sounds contradictory um, to what my takes have been in the past, but if, if, if it works and keep rolling, you know, and not don't just do it because you need to get Barber in there, but because it's effective. So saw some good yeah. things, saw a lot of undisciplined things out of the, I feel like Abram is like, I think Abram got expelled. You know, it's like, he's the kid that got expelled and he's just, he went to juvie and he's coming back and he's really trying his best to be like a good person, you know? And it's like, wow, he didn't even cheap shot that guy or wow. And then he flies off the edge and just misses Brissette, who's really not athletic, you know, or in the, he's just so anxious now, you know, but when he gets back into the wild, so, but he's still, he's still doing well. And, you know, as far as expectations, but. Well, and he could have very easily got called for pass interference at one in the end zone towards the mm-hmm. in the end that and that would have just like sealed things because mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, they're like waiting once again. Things you yell at the screen when you're watching a Raider game. Where's the flag? Because that was like we might have gotten away with one on pass interference there. Yeah, um, I saw a stat that he's uh, the only Raider that's played every snap. Mm-hmm. Oh well, so it was uh, Mullen and. Um, uh, Merrick as well, but they took themselves out of the game when they collided, and so Abrams is the last one to not miss a snap on a, a defensive snap. Mm-hmm. And he's playing from special teams too, so mm-hmm. he has like 99 total snaps. Right? Yeah. Well, that's what Gruden's talked about: is his availability, and and also he is talented, man. And I think that scheme is versatile enough to where he can fit in every situation. You know. Um, same, I think you see the same thing with Littleton who's excelling in his role. Um, you know, it's, and that is more of the, the zone coverage. That is more of that kind of, you know, read, run and chase kind of deal. So I don't know. I think we're seeing some guys get the lifts that we've always wanted them to. And there's a lot of reasons to not feel optimistic because they're the Raiders, but man, I feel good. I feel good right now. Yeah. Or some positives that I saw. I really liked how we spread it out. Not one single player dominated. We really spread it out. You're seeing Ruggs and Edwards being able to cut, to get some separation where they were having trouble with before. I don't think we weren't game planning for them. I just don't think – I think as Carr went through his reads, those guys weren't getting open. But they're yeah. learning how to do that now. And, and Ruggs showed off his leaping ability. And, um, you know, Edwards, that last catch that he made was so clutch. Mm-hmm. And um, he's showing flashes of like, look how good he is when he's running with the ball. Yep. He's looking good, and of course, we already know what Renfro can do, but we got to see him make some plays too. So, yeah, there, there's a lot of positives there. Another positive I would say is we were getting hurt a lot, and we kept having the depth to put in guys. I mean, even when it got into Gillespie and Diablo, yep. you're like, okay, those guys are those guys would be okay. Yeah, Gillespie stepped up and was had mm-hmm. some nice had a nice stop on the goal line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you see Perryman get hurt, and you're like, "Oh, Kukowski's coming in, good." Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, that's not a drop off. We're good. So before it's like, "Oh, who's this guy coming in?" You know, <laughs> well, you know who it was, but you weren't happy about it. Yeah. yeah. 
but uh, we got a lot of depth. That worries me. What our what our uh, injury list will look like going into next week. I hope mm. they're all available to play. But there was a lot of injuries this game for us. Yeah, but we do got those guys that are coming off off IR. You know, the two week IR. So you got Nick Morrow, um, I believe, uh, Javen White. Is it Javen White or it's Javen White? Javen White. Yeah. Well, it's him and Morrow, and then someone else. But we got some some guys who so are making some cuts on guys that aren't seeing the field and getting the depth of injuries from training camp that we were worried about that they're they'll be back so i'm worried about it too but to your point dan i think we are able to stack the depth in the right areas and i feel like with those young receivers man like renfro has been able to be renfro because rugs was hurt or edwards was hurt and so he kind of had to be so he needed the touches and he needed enough targets to get going you know and it's the same thing with rugs and edwards so if they're out there and they're on all the snaps because they have the skills and also the understanding of the scheme like they just need targets. And so you can see Ren- Ruggs is someone that kind of just needs to get heated up a little bit. You know, he makes one play, he, then he makes another play. And then Edwards is similar. And I think Renfro is just consistent, you know, but certain guys need certain amount of targets, but not, there has to be a balance, but it has to be enough. You can't Ruggs drops one, like you've talked about Michael, where, he, okay, now he's crude and hates him for the next two and a half quarters. You know, it's like, we got to have patience with these guys. And I think it's shown that it's, it's paid off, you know? Yeah. And I think you see like, Ruggs kind of gets some confidence behind himself after, you know, he starts getting some targets, starts, you know, making some yeah. plays, that that leaping play, the, the toe touch towards the end of the game. But just like getting the ball in his hands, he's doing things, he's making things happen. You start to see that confidence in him kind of come out a little bit more. I feel like during training camp, there was about 14 different videos of Carr and Waller connecting on that little out and up. And mm-hmm. I don't know if Carr should have just put it on a line to him or whatnot, but Waller was so wide open for a touchdown, and they just missed it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a little upsetting. But I think the whole wide receiver group showed out. You know, like you said, it kind of spread it around. Everybody got their touches. Mm-hmm. Um, but seeing Edwards and Ruggs kind of start to come into their own, start to kind of um, you know create an identity on our offense is awesome and hopefully continues to blossom. Yeah. No, and I think it's how I'm seeing it, and Dan can verify this because he's – the coach and had more years, but like, it's, it's kind of best case scenario when you're like, Hey, we fought and we learned this lesson. We know we have things to work on and we were still productive, you know, and we still threw for 380 yards and missed a couple different, you know, whatever communication areas or big plays. So having those things to work on, but being good enough to where it doesn't kill you. I'm, I'm sure is a, as optimistic as you can feel as a coach, <laughs> but you know, cause there's always things to work on, but would you agree, Dan? They knew they they played a bad game, but they know they're not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Derek Carr saying in his uh, interview at the end, like, you know, we didn't play our best game, and that's discouraging, but it's also a good thing mm-hmm. knowing that, like, next week it will be different, and we know what we're capable of. So Yeah. But even that Ruggs example where we missed him in the first quarter, went back to him in OT, teams do that to us all the time. Like in the past, we're like, they oh my gosh. <laughs> well, they, it's like, oh my gosh, we got so lucky they missed that. And then you're like, that's the same play. And then yeah. we still missed it. And so now we're just yeah. like, are you the Raiders also? Okay, we're going to do the CNC for works, you know? But well, I think Gruden fell in love also with that handoff to Barber where um, Renfro kind of goes in motion and then comes back and then mm-hmm. he kicks out. I think they ran that play six times in a row one time at some mm-hmm. point. Not quite that much, but. They ran it. He got busted a big game. I think he came back to it like two plays in a row, just like, all right, let's just feed this and see if it works. Mm-hmm. I liked it when Ruggs went in motion. They recognized man coverage, and then Ruggs juked his guy behind the line of scrimmage and was open like that for yeah. 
a quick out and it's like oh man we gotta just do that more often yeah did a little reverse pivot after like motioning inside yeah that was awesome i i liked how they it seemed like they did that a lot with rugs and renfro where they kind of got them on their little motions and and got them going one way and going back the other way renfro is just an absolute magician with the route running yeah that touchdown that he scored it was unbelievable <laughs> what is going on there he's he's everybody in the um in the one-on-one um, drills um, at practice where you're, it's just quarterback receiver and someone guarding him and you're just trying to run every little like thing to break free. That's him, but he just mm-hmm. does it. Yeah. Sorry. I was looking something up. Have we talked about the pre-snap motion theory? I'm sure I've, I've gone on a lot of soapboxes. Nope. Doesn't ring about. So I read something um, or I was listening to something during training camp and they, and they broke down the, pers- you know, the teams that were in the top five, in offense or top 10 or sorry, it was the top 10 teams and the bottom 10 teams of who runs pre-snap motions with their offense per play. Right. And the top 10 offenses, eight or nine of them were the top 10 offenses in the league um, that had motion and some capacity within every, it was like at 68% of the snaps. Um, and then the lowest, the bottom 10 were the, the bad offenses, right. Where there's not a lot of deception. And I don't think it's about, fooling everyone you know with crazy stuff or chip kelly organ type stuff you know but it, it's more about ha- having that built in to where you can number one dictate coverage you can dictate zone coverage versus man um and then also if it, just even that thought right even that motion what it can distract the defensive preparation compared to just lining up and and going you know so I, I think there's a fine balance and but i think there's certain plays that maybe aren't completely scheme wise just what oh we're gonna get them you know man beaters here but just by a little motion it's a lot more productive and can be effective i don't know i I can give you the names of the teams i don't have right now but just think shanahan's offense you know think the rams think you know those kind of things where it's just confusion they do a lot with little they do a lot with skill players that really aren't top guys you know but they're good enough and um it's the it's all about it's the scheme it's the man and putting people in positions and not completely duping everyone, but at least getting the defense to consider what this could mean or that could mean or what have you. So I didn't explain that very well, but I hope you get what I'm talking about here. No. Yeah. It well, it's like the, like the horizontal uh, arena football where you're like, just get like these fast guys moving and get them moving before the ball snaps. You know what I mean? And just kind of get them in motion too. And as we see with guys like Renfro and Ruggs, it's like if they're already moving, I mean, they're already faster than a lot of people out there. If they're already moving and already moving in the direction that you want them to be with whatever they're doing, you're just getting a little extra step on it. So, yeah. Well, it's, it's just like what, what truly wins the play? You know, it's, it's scheme, it's players, and it's deception. So we'll just do this live. Dan, we, you know, Paradise all these years run, they ran hurry up tempo wing T with motion, right? What in your eyes gave you the advantage, you know? during those weeks of the teams you're prepping against just that tempo and motion. Well, motion would give us the advantage where we come out thinking that uh, defense would think we'd be rip or Liz and we quickly motion and change our strength. And like a belly motion would give us a more of a balanced attack where we could attack the weak side when they're stacked over on the strong side as well. So, I mean, we're a running team. It's easy to do that with a lot of running plays. That motion uh, that the Raiders are doing, I mean, it also gives Carr an advantage to understand what he's looking at over mm-hmm. there and to uh, solidify in his head, like, yep, that's what I thought they were doing and come out with his reads even faster. So, Yeah, so I think for, like you're saying, with the 
paradise with running it's like it was motion and it was tempo so we're going to motion quick and we're going to run you know we're going to go and now this is we'll bleed more, some more of the clock the way we do it but we want to get in the right call in the right set see what the defense is get out of something get into something whatever it is right and then go and that takes obviously understanding of defense but also you know your you know gruden's playbook and everything like that so yeah you might check into a Cindy Gruden or a Mark Davis. Dude, we missed the Dame Lillard one. Dude, I know. The, they should run the Dame Lillard more often. <laughs> that was that, man, that, I thought Ruggs had that one. We were watching the game and, and um, Bonnie was like, man, if he'd have just only caught that. I was like, I know. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> I don't know what they all stand for or what they mean, but my theory is the Cindy Gruden is a hot read. You know, like she's hot, so <laughs> they say check hot, check hot, you know. Yeah. Blitz coming. Game recognized game, man. Good for you, Gruden. <laughs> there was one, speaking of this, on Monday night, Cowboys Eagles. Uh, Eagles game tonight, where they the Cowboys called Bob Ross and Brian Greasy, who I hated forever. I actually, he actually speaks well and he's a good announcer, but he was like, oh, Bob Ross, he's like, they, he's a painter. He's like, I think this is a draw. And it was a draw. Um, <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, this was this was fun, guys. You know, definitely a big win, 3-0. Excited for that. The Chargers game coming up. Um, and we will be covering our bets that we did talk about last week, and we'll get the results there. But before we do, Mike, I believe you have an ad read for us. Yeah. Once again, this episode is brought to you by DraftKings. Week three of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week four with DraftKings Sportsbook, official betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss this. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any Week 4 game to receive $150 in free bets instantly. Sportsbook is not available in your state. DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to receive $150 in free bets with your place of $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum of $5 deposit and $1 wage required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Got a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Well, um, let's go through our bets. Uh, I will just make this easy as far as the predictions. We predicted the Raiders to cover minus five, which the line was the time, and we lost. So that happened, but we won the Lost the battle, won the war because um, we won the game. And then, so we had our mortal lock of the week, bringing that back. And I will start. I had the, I had the uh, the Colt, or sorry, the the Titans minus five against the Colts, um, and I covered. So boom, in your face, Micah. Want to know? <laughs> I think what was the, the final score? I think they beat him by ten or so. But covered that one. Good job, Colts. Good job, Andy. Micah, how was yours? Yeah, mine wasn't great. Um, my mortal lock of the week that I was so sure was going to happen was Pittsburgh minus four. Um, they were playing the Bengals and they got their ass beat. So um, I, I don't know. I think 
I think my other bet lost worse than that did. Um, if we were netting um, possible scores, uh, that's that's to come in a minute. But yeah, Pittsburgh shit the bet against the Bengals. I lost. I think that was like twenty-one-seven, something along those lines. Maybe it wasn't at that bad, but it was twenty-four ten. Twenty-four ten. It's about the same ratio. So well, misery loves company. So why don't you just kick off the next one? It could be your own company. <laughs> misery is my own company. Um, I had uh, my underdog bet of the week was um, the Jets plus 10 and a half. I still think the Broncos are frauds, but they ended up beating the Jets like 23 to nothing. So that one didn't cover either. At this point, unlike last year, Andy's got the hot hand. So yeah, uh, for my my underdog bet, I had the Falcons plus three. They're on the road against the Giants. The G-Men, they beat them outright 17-14. I think they're both bad teams. Now, I did go 2-0, and and I also didn't even use my advice or bet actual money on that. So who's to say who the winner is, right? But I had Falcons plus three. Good job, guys. You know, I, I do have the hot hand. Um, you know, fortunately for the segment, I, I'm, I'm up. But just like we know last year, um, Micah, Micah made his charge towards towards the end of the year and really just smoked me. So, yeah, Well, even Brady doesn't win the Super Bowl every single year. So That's true. Thanks for calling me the GOAT. I was talking about me. Oh, I was, I was talking about it. me, but that's okay. Got it. Okay. <laughs> well, that's. I think that's it, man. Um, you know, I, I know we talked about uh, our preview pod that's coming up later this week with the uh, Chargers podcast that represents the Pigskin Podcast Network. So it'll be good in a content way, good to meet these guys. We'll see. We'll test the, you know, how truly how good of guys these are, and we'll get back to you on that because they're Chargers fans number one, and that's really as far as it goes. They're just Chargers fans, so we'll let you guys know <laughs> if they're good peeps or not. But it'll be fun to get with them. It's like a great white buffalo. Find a larger fan. It's yeah, and we'll just test that on from the get go. That'll be our first question. I'm not sure how it's going to go. I'm I'm sure I think there's five of questions, but there's five of them. I think there's five of them, if I'm not mistaken. At least three, possibly five. I'm going to hold back a lot of things that I want to say right now because we haven't met them. So yeah, I'm going to say it's going to be exciting to meet five Chargers fans. (laughs) Agreed. Yeah. So. I think they would have stayed San Diego had they had five Charger fans. It was five or six, I believe. Uh, it could be them. So that's dedication. <laughs> I said I wouldn't say, okay, I'm done. But Dan, thank you for your for your insights, as always, for letting me put you on the spot about Paradise Football Tempo. As always, you brought the people what they wanted. It's much appreciated on our end. No problem. Glad to be here. As always, we appreciate the love. Please share, subscribe, rate, review. Give us those five stars on Apple Podcasts, iTunes. Uh, go follow the Twitter page at Take Raider. Go follow Instagram page Raider Take Podcasts, um, and go sign up for DraftKings right now. DraftKings is just giving you free money to play with. It's giving you free money to play with. If you've ever thought about wanting to jump on DraftKings, get into daily fantasy betting. If you're you know, in the, the states that provide uh, sports betting, you can hop on a sports book. DraftKings is literally just giving you free money to play with. So don't forget to use code TPPN when you sign up. Um, has to be a new account, but go do it. Go use every single email that you know you have, even the one that you created when you're 15 years old that you regret telling anybody ever. Uh, use that one too. So it's another great way, the best way to support the pod. Uh, we appreciate everything that you guys do and Hope you enjoyed our recap of the Dolphins. Um, Raiders are 3-0. Trying to make it 4-0 this Monday night. 
It's going to be exciting. That's right. Go get some free money. Raider Nation, stand up. Love you guys. Boys, see you later. Michael, cue the music. <laughs>